0: A Stranger Among Us. Well, we all have a face that we hide away forever, and we take them out and show ourselves when everyone's gone. Some are satin, some are steel, some are silk and some are leather. They're the faces of the stranger. Billy Joel. Few of us welcome the prospect of dying and death mostly because their ideas are coloured by feelings of fear and dread. Regrettably, death and dying are taboos that too few of us feel ready to approach, even though they're inescapable facts of life. Death comes to all living creatures, but despite being an everyday event, few outside the medical or funeral industries have witnessed or cared for a dying or dead person. Yet only two generations ago it was common for families to care for their loved ones in their time of dying, often at home. In those days, dying wasn't a rumoured or fearful event that happened elsewhere. It was something our grandparents' generation witnessed and experienced in real and intimate ways. But today dying and death are strangers to us. In industrialised countries, half of us die in hospital, and another third die in residential settings like nursing homes and hospices. This institutionalisation and medicalization of dying means that less than 15% of people die at home, even though most of us would prefer to if we could. Since the middle of the 20th century, we've slowly conspired to make dying and death clinical and remote experiences. In an article titled, Bringing Our Dying Home, The authors wrote this. The concept of a good death has been superseded by the concept of a managed death, one that requires professional support and knowledge and takes place in a hospital or, more rarely, a hospice, resulting in modern death becoming cellular, private, curtained, individualised and obscured. But that's not all. This new phenomenon in human affairs the removal of death and dying from our homes and families, is slowly eroding our affinity and kinship to events that have been seminal to culture since the dawn of humanity. There's also plenty of evidence, in the form of human misery, to suggest that this conspiracy among us shrinks our capacities to be fully human, to make a meaning from death, and to die well. In his seminal book, Die Wise, A Manifesto for Body and Soul, the author Stephen Jenkinson noted that during his time as a social worker counselling dying people and their families, the most frequent request made of him was to talk about meaning at the end of life. Behind that appeal is the idea that the meaning of life and death are, quote, elusive or even fugitive and that they need to be somehow wrung from our circumstances. That meaning is somehow hidden from us and if we could only be guided towards it, we might find what's been concealed from us. Jenkinson has another interpretation. Meaning isn't something we find or discover, but something we make by being keen observers. As humans, our task is to create a meaning from death by acknowledging something profoundly simple, that life must proceed as if certain things must be, like life has to continue, not you have to continue, that life is not your lifespan, or your children's lifespan, or the lifespan of what you hold dear. How about holding dear the fact that nothing you hold dear lasts? How about holding that close to your bosom?